Welcome to Done Deal. This is a legal podcast that's brought to you by Jackson Corporate Law. Look, the goal of this podcast is simple, to help you do deals better. If you like what you hear, we encourage you to subscribe and to also share with your network. We appreciate you for listening. Now let's get to it. So, uh, so we're talking about contracts. So uh, on the show, I've talked about contracts a lot. Um, you know, entering into a contract, some of the clauses that you can have to protect yourself when you are drafting contracts, making sure that you're not, um, you know, entering into contracts without an actual attorney going through some of these DIY services, as they so call it. Yeah, I mean, Um, for instance, I mean, can you give us an example of what a DIY service would be? Because some people are like, what, how could you do a DIY attorney? Right, right. So, um, so, so when I say DIY, I'm talking mostly um, like the the legal zooms of the world. Um, They, these are services that are online. They're platforms that have uh, standard documents and they say that they'll connect you with an attorney. I think that you may get a couple sentences in with an, an attorney. I don't know. Um, and this is actually no shade to those services because I do think that they have their place within the context of assisting people through certain needs. But um, when you're conducting business, when you're trying to have uh, you know actual contracts drafted that take into account the specific situation and circumstances that you're going through, I don't think that um, that those are the proper services for you to engage in getting those contracts written. So um, when we are so when we're talking about contracts, so let's so you've entered into a contract. Today we're talking about how can you modify that contract, and so with this we're saying that there are there's often a clause within the contract that says that this contract cannot can cannot be modified or amended without a written and signed agreement that's executed by both parties. Now while that is while that may be in your document, understand that that's not always the end all be all. So. Um, there, there's case law out there in many um, state and federal uh, courts that states that even if you have clauses in there that say that a contract cannot be modified without a written agreement signed by both parties, there are two ways that you can actually modify a contract, and that is by an oral agreement, and that is by a course of conduct. Hold on a second. So let's say that you've been in a contract for two years. Um, you have an ongoing service relationship with um, with the business, right? And the contract says um, that the in, that you'll invoice every thirty days, but you all have come to an agreement that you'll invoice every every fifteen days, and and it gets paid, right? Um, if you go, if if you two both agree, and the course of conduct. Um, continues to where you all are engaging in that for a substantive amount of time, then a court may hold that to be an actual amendment to the contract. Um, Course of conduct is extremely important because a contract exists for the purpose of establishing some sort of um, some sort of expectancy, right, between the, between the clients, between the two parties. It's supposed to structure the way the deal is supposed to flow. It's supposed to structure the way that the relationship is going to be carried out. So what courts have stated is that, all right, so we see what you've put on paper. However, because for the past three years, you all have been operating with, um, we'll, we'll say client, client A has a contract that originally said that they're going to charge you $100 an hour. But over the course of the last two years and extensions of this contract, they've been invoicing you at $200 an hour and you've been paying $200 an hour. You can't now go back and say, oh, no, we overpaid you. Right. 
uh, we can't now go back and say, oh, well, no, the contract says that we're going to only pay you $100 an hour because your course of conduct and, um, and, and your, your subsequent agreement shows that, the, that you all intended to go up 100, an extra $100 an hour. There was an additional meeting of the minds that said that we are going to pay you more per hour. And I think this is important because um, individuals may not always understand that if you have terms in a contract, you need to follow those terms in the contract. Because if you allow certain things to, to start slipping and sliding, you may not be able to go back to those original terms, even if they were, were the ones that protect you. So again, the contracts, even if you have um, contract can't be modified, even if you have a waiver in one instance, doesn't constitute a waiver in additional instances, you still have to be able to police your actions. You still have to be able to go to um, look at the contract, understand what's supposed to happen and enforce it. And, and here's the deal. If there are times where you need to make exceptions within the contract, I would make sure that 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 that, that is documented. So um, in the event that you have to uh, let, let's say that uh, there's a pro there's a project that you're working on, right? And there are deadlines that you're supposed to meet. And let's say that that for one particular phase of this project, you have to push out um, three of the three of the deadlines that are labeled as time specific within the project. If that's the case, that needs to be that change needs to be in writing, and it needs to be identified that that's only for that specific change. So if there is a material term in the agreement where an exception needs to be made don't just orally agree to that exception and then the next time just go along with it and the, and the next time go along with it because once you establish a pattern someone can come back and say well the, our course of conduct after our conversations amended the mo amended and modified the contract such that the original terms of the agreement are no longer enforceable because it happens it happens contracts and words matter and you have to follow the contract because your course of conduct also matters. So if you're a business owner out there, don't get caught not abiding by your contract and unintentionally modifying it such that it no longer works in your benefit the way that you originally got it signed to do. Oh, man, that's some really deep stuff you just dropped on us. But people don't know it. You sure don't. People don't know it. Now, how can we get a hold of you? Because I think there's some people probably sitting here thinking. <laughs> We've been in this contract for three for three years, right? Right, right, right. And we ain't we ain't never followed the we contract. Never followed the contract. Right. And sometimes relationships end. And sometimes they end badly. And sometimes somebody can come back and say, "You owe me." Right. And if you operated outside of the scope of that contract that lasted, even if it was two years ago. A court may look at you and say, you owe them a whole lot more. Or they may say, well, you didn't enforce this. Huh. So, again, it, it, it's all about it's all about course of conduct, because if you if you were in if you were knowingly underpaying on a contract for an extended amount of time, and there is documentation. So, so like, like um, again, if someone's providing a service or a product, there are invoices, right? Right. So, if you are, if your finance department, or if you are, you know, a smaller business and, pre and the president, or um, there's someone else in the organization that is paying these invoices, that is saying that the invoice is being accepted. 
So let's say that um, let's say that they're billing at a higher rate, or let's say that they're billing more hours than they were supposed to bill, or let's say that you're that you're on the other end and you're underbilling, right. right? So you're submitting these documentations as a representation of what you're what you're supposed to be paid, and if the other side is signing off on it and paying it on a consistent basis, they're acknowledging that they owe that money, and and they're not, and and that's it, right? That's the end of the story. They're not coming back and saying, oh well. Um, you know, we're going to pay this out, but you're billing $50 more an hour than you were supposed to on the next one, we're going to deduct it. Or they're not leaving any written trail of disagreement with the invoice, right? There, there's no written or tangible um, evidence of a dispute over those invoice amounts. Like, that is a course of conduct modification, and you just may, you, you may just be SOL. We appreciate you for listening and we hope that you gained something of value. For more information, visit jacksoncorporatelaw.com. And until next time, always remember, doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will.